five, four, three, two. Crank it, Jerry. Welcome to Into the Wild, the official podcast of the Washington Wild Pigs. What do you hear? What do you say? It's the best sports podcast in the world. Wait, is that true? If you're committed enough, you can make any story. I once convinced a woman that I was Kevin Costner, and it worked because I believed it. Now, here's your host, Kyle Dawson. Did you get the popcorn? Another hearty good morning, afternoon, or evening to you, and welcome to Into the Wild, the official podcast of the Washington Wild Things. Proud member of the Frontier League, the longest-running and biggest professional independent baseball league in the United States, and also an official Major League Baseball Partner League. My name is Kyle Dawson, Vice President of Baseball Operations and play-by-play voice of the Wild Things. If you missed episode one featuring Kent Tacolby, our very first and only director of baseball operations and 1979 World Series champion with the Pittsburgh Pirates, you can always go back and listen to that episode or watch on our podcast platform, which will be the case going forward for all of our past episodes. And you can pretty much find us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeart Podcasts, and you can watch on YouTube and be sure to subscribe slash follow leave a rating and a review and tell your friends they're missing out. Where are they? We've got a good one for you today. Today's show will include a bit of who we are as I'll be joined by President and General Manager Tony Bustilli, as well as Vice President of Entertainment and Community Relations, Stephanie Keller, for a segment, a little bit of an introduction on us, plus a this or that and would you rather section. We will also talk news and notes of the various things going on in and around the Wild Things organization, and we will be joined by former Washington Wild Things infielder, current Atlanta Braves farmhand, and man of World Baseball Classic Great Britain and Adelaide Giants fame, Nick Ward. So for now, sit back, and after a few words from public address voice Benny Canan, we go into the wild. The Wild Things are looking for host families for the 2024 season. Host families welcome a player or players into their home for the season while the player chases their dreams. Hosting a player can provide a great experience for the empty nester or the growing family by putting a role model and professional baseball player in a home with children. Host families enjoy numerous benefits, including free tickets to games, an end-of-season on-field ceremony with gifts, and the opportunity to take part in a meet-the-team picnic before the season begins. For more information, visit WashingtonWildThings.com or call Vice President of Baseball Operations, Kyle Dawson, at 724-250-7654 to learn more about our host family program today. Wild Things Park and Wild Things Games are the perfect places to host your company outing, party, family get-together, birthday party, and more. Check out the Goosebumps Smart Tech and Solar Solutions Suite Level, the EQT Pavilion, and the Pepsi Party Deck, and hit a home run for your outing or party. Bring between 10 and 80 people to one of our luxury suites, 30 to 80 people on the party deck, or 20 to 300 people in the pavilion. Food and beverage options, including buffet-style packages, are available. Call our front office for more information at 866-456-WILD. That's 866-456-WILD. Welcome back to Into the Wild, the official podcast of the Washington Wild Things. Big thanks to Benny Canan for putting uh, some of that stuff together for us. The ads for what we're doing 
uh, the Washington Wild things, and we'll have him on at some point as well as a guest. Uh, at this time, joined by Tony Busilli, the president and general manager of the organization, as well as Stephanie, who you've heard from, uh, the vice president of entertainment and community relations, as well as me, Kyle Dawson. Now, we wanted to give you a little bit of an introduction as to, well, who the heck we are, um, and then we will get into a little bit of fun and, and have a little fun with this or that and kind of would you rather questions. And Tony only knows one of them. He didn't want to be spoiled, so he only he only knows one. Uh, we'll start with the, the man in charge. Uh, Tony, to kind of give people a background of who you are, what got you to Washington, and, and when uh, your, your tenure here. Uh, I mean, long story, but I'll try to sum it up quick. Um, I've been with Washington since 2012 as an intern, and um, previously was working in pharmacy, and my undergrad is in pharmacy, my master's in sports management at IUP, and uh, been in sports, been in baseball, originally from outside the Monroeville, Murraysville area, went to school at Franklin Regional, and uh, been in baseball the way through, transitioned back with Washington in 2012, and spent two years here before I worked for the Texas Rangers and their baseball operations department. Uh, came back full-time in 2015 and been here ever since. And my role has kind of morphed uh, over the years, depending on needs and organizational focuses. And uh, now I can, uh, I guess I'm the master of chaos now. So, Stephanie? <laughs> um, <laughs> my story is a little bit shorter. Um, I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio. I kind of got started in radio and then I was an intern in 21 and I got hired on full time to be a part and run the street team, which is all of the in-game and promotions. And so now I run the whole show that is not baseball. <laughs> this is good. Uh, so I guess I'll get into myself now. So a little bit, I'll keep it short too. And you're going to learn a lot more about us as, as we go on throughout the, the podcasts run here on our podcast platforms on Into the Wild. But uh, I grew up in Plum, Pennsylvania. So right near where Tony lived in uh, Murraysville and Franklin Regional. Uh, graduated from Plum in 2013, ended up at Waynesburg University. Uh, graduated there in 2017 with a degree in communications uh, sports broadcasting and information, uh, had a minor in journalism and pretty much have been here my entire professional life. Uh, 2015, I was a scorer and uh, did some work on the scoreboard, um, which has is, is seen its better days, obviously, but it, it worked most of the time when uh, when I was doing the scoreboard in 15. Then I took on a, a role as the on-field MC in 2016 as an intern. I uh, was back here in 2017 full time and have done a uh, kind of like Tony, a, a variety of different things from uh, media and, and kind of what Stephanie's doing with in-game entertainment and the social media uh, to media relations to broadcasting since 2018 uh, in the booth and ticket sales, sponsorship sales, you name it. Pretty much everyone here does it. Um, so that that's kind of my long story short as we get in and um trying to make sure that we can humanize us a little bit. Uh, obviously, the players that we have that will be on our coaching staff, um, other people in our front office that will eventually be on the show, trying to make it so that you know a little bit more about us um, than just the fact that we work at the Washington Wild things. So um, that's our goal as part of this uh, with the, the podcast. Um, so we wanted to have a little bit of fun before we talk to Nick Ward today and before we get you some news and notes as to what's going on. Um, this is our uh, this or that segment or our would you rather segment, if you will. 
Um, I'm just going to rapid fire and we'll go around the table like we just did, uh, Tony, Stephanie and myself and cut, basically say the first thing that comes to mind or um, answer the question. And hopefully that bounces off a little bit of uh, more fun discussion. I think we have three um, interesting personalities on the show right now uh, to try and break down a little bit. So the first one and again, we'll go Tony, Stephanie, Kyle, uh, just so <laughs> the three of us have it all together. Uh, the last movie you saw. Oh geez, <laughs> in theater, in the theater in general, either. Oh, I couldn't even name the last movie in a theater. Actually, I did watch a rewatched Endgame yesterday, uh, like the last hour and a half. I don't know why it was just on, um, and it's something that I I I tell Stephanie because she's big in the Marvel, uh, and all that. I can't tell the difference between like or the order of any of that stuff. So like, anytime one of it's on, I just like I don't know what's going to happen. So I get surprise all over again with the ending or who gets killed or who's the villain. So uh, end game yesterday at like five o'clock in the afternoon. Great. <laughs> the last movie I saw in theaters was Mean Girls, the musical. <laughs> I think I actually watched the Marvels last at home. So going off of that <laughs> Marvel theme there. <laughs> I have. I honestly, I wrote this question down earlier and I have absolutely no idea what the last actual movie I watched was. I know the last one I saw in theaters was the Wonka movie, the new one um, and the, the theater in Bridgeville. Saw that a couple times. Um, I've probably watched more movie clips on TikTok than I actually have watched movies uh, in general. Um, I honestly don't know what the last one that came across a TV was. I'm, I'm into TV shows right now trying to go through those. What's already been over this? I bring up, I mean, I'm his, I'm good in the office of mentioning movies from the 90s that half of you or three quarters of you haven't seen. And I'm like, I get upset when people don't have, haven't seen like staple movies that I mean, wasn't in your wheelhouse or whatever. I know I get frustrated on those of, of and Stephanie's really good at them too, of not knowing. Uh, <laughs> One staple of movies is your staple of movies. <laughs> That's not the way it is. <laughs> I think the last one I might have seen on TV was Happy Gilmore, now that I think of it. Because the one channel has all the Adam Sandler movies always, all the time on weekends. I saw Billy Madison recently. Um, Tony's a big Happy Gilmore and, and Adam Sandler guy. Um, so yeah, I've, I know I've seen those recently. Okay, next question. Uh, this is a little bit easier than favorite one. Uh, your top three movies off the top of your head versus three things that come to your mind? Well, I always divvy. My answer is very, I, this is a, a normal answer for me. So there's tops on each side. Top funny movie, I'm always going to give uh, Billy Madison. It's always going to be up there. And the top, I'm going to, I'm just going to avoid your top three question. My top serious movie or like non-humor, Pulp Fiction. Um, and that's a movie that Stephanie has not seen because I've mentioned it before. Um, so those are my top one on each side uh, for multiple different reasons. But um, I, I don't think you can, at least my opinion, I don't think you can rank serious movies and humor movies and try to line them up. I think they need to be sp split apart into totally different segments. Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. Um my older movie that I watch all the time is probably Pretty in Pink, like 80s movie. That's my one of my favorite older movies. And then, I don't know, I also go for Pride and Prejudice a lot. It's a big comfort movie for me. <laughs> okay. 
Um, Happy Gilmore, I mentioned earlier, that's probably my favorite movie of all time. Um, pretty much at any Adam Sandler movie, it can be put on that list. Um, other ones, let's see. Star Wars Episode Three. Uh, that's the best one. If you're a Star Wars fan and you don't think three is the best one, you're wrong. Uh, and it's okay that you were born before 1980, and that's why you think that the uh, fifth one is the best. Episode three is the best. Um, I don't know if I could name a third one. I think I think I'm kind of in the same mold as Tony, where it'd be tough for me to rank comedy and whatever serious uh, horror or whatever um, is in terms of a top three. I mean, those are the first two that come to mind at least. I throw, I like Joe Boy I, and Madison. I throw a third in there. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll make it a tough decision, but I'll throw Goodfellas number three for me. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know what the third one for me would be. I'm just gonna stop. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop attempting to think of one. Um, three, uh, three. I know Tony's a big Succession guy, so I'm sure this is gonna be in there. But three favorite TV shows. Oh, come on. <laughs> so I'm not a big series guy, so mine are gonna be very basic and boring. Uh, Succession, Sopranos, and oh, geez, a third one that I binge watch like that. Uh, I'll go, oh, I'll go Boardwalk Empire. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go all HBO, Boardwalk Empire, Succession, Sopranos. Hmm. I feel like your favorites are your kind of like your comfort ones in a way. So I usually go for like Gilmore Girls or I like my, my Marvel DC. So The Flash. <laughs> And then kind of like a comedy series is probably New Girl. <laughs> okay. Um, Breaking Bad, in my opinion, the best one ever. Uh, Tony, I know, either, either won't watch it or disagrees. Um, the Sopranos would be two. And I think it's right now probably the West Wing three. Uh, now that could change on any given day and anything are interchangeable with like Stranger Things, Better Call Saul. I don't even know what else. The Wire is a great one. Um, I don't. I haven't watched Succession. Tony's been trying to get me to watch Succession for years, but I hey, I refuse. It's <laughs> um, branching off that then real quick. Who of all of your top three? Do you have who's the number one character of all your top three? Because obviously, I'm going to go Tony Soprano as the the key figure of my top three. He's the top character. So ugh. you're going to go. You have what's Breaking Bad. It's, pro it's probably Walt from Breaking Bad. Walter White or Tony's Great um, from The Sopranos. I'm a big fan of a lot of The Sopranos characters, so it's that's pretty much a tie for me um, when it comes to that show. And obviously, big Jed Bartlett in The West Wing or uh, Josh Lyman, who's uh, a good character. A bunch of Matt Santos is in there. He's played uh, by Jimmy Smith's. Um, a lot of good characters in that show and I, I could go on and on about characters though. Um, probably Jess from new girl. I get compared to her a lot. Cause she's quirky <laughs> and excited about everything. <laughs> the, the exact way that everyone knows that Stephanie is on a game day at the ballpark perky and the big cheerleader <laughs> current or the last TV show that you binged. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, Hmm. Maybe uh, I don't really binge like that. I think I binged the 
Stranger Things when it came out, but that was like two years ago, wasn't it? That was in 2022, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what the last time I binged, like, all the way through like that was, was Stranger Things when it came out. Didn't you binge something on the flight to Las Vegas? Uh, oh, yeah, I did. I binged uh, the the spinoff of uh, the superhero. What is that? What is that binge called? He's got to look uh, it up. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna Google it as we do. <laughs> of uh, what it was, it was a binge off the boys. It was a spinoff. You I don't think you've seen it, but the boys is a kind of a superhero edgy series, and there was a spinoff of it um, that I'm gonna Google while while you go around. So good. <laughs> Um, I've been kind of binging too. I've been binge watching Young Sheldon because it came out on Netflix, and then also Psych. I don't know if you guys have heard of Psych. It's like Psych's a good Dule Hill. Yeah, I love Psych. Yes. <laughs> I think the last one that I completed was Suits, and I think that was like the big popular one recently. Mm -hmm. um, the one that I'm currently on, and Travis petted our other uh, guy in the front office, senior VP. Um, he has never seen The Sopranos, so I've got him working through that right now, and we're in season five. So um, that's the last one. I don't know if Tony found his show yet on Gen Google. V. Gen V, it's a spinoff off The Boys. It's kind of like uh, uh, another angle of it. So watch that. Pretty good. I mean, they're it's 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 edgy. It's funny. It's my type of humor. It's uh, it's it's a whole combination of of, of uh, nonsense. Um, the <laughs> last song that you listened to. Oh, geez. I'm going to just easily say ticks because it's <laughs> on Spotify and maybe I listened to it last probably. <laughs> like on my, on my like music. Yes. Ooh. What was I've it? had I've had the Dawson bangers playlist on Spotify going all morning here. So the last one that is on shuffle is, Fire Burning by Sean Kingston. So I guess that's my answer. You played Green Day earlier. And I, I did. I played Green Day came on earlier. Um, I've heard Jet Airliner twice today. So my last fun. one was Way Less Sad by AJR. <laughs> I can't say I've ever heard of that. <laughs> Would it belong on the Dawson Bangers playlist is the question. Walk into a room. Every time you walk into a room, a song plays. That means when you walk into Tony's office, a song plays. You walk out of Tony's office and into the sales office, the song plays. So it has to be a song that you would never get sick of hearing for at least a couple of seconds, literally every time you walk into a room. Easy. Um, so I would go, I would go my, the song that uh, we play it all the time at the stadium. It's actually played now for, uh the blaze batter the luna mesamari the italian song <laughs> i'm not gonna lie the first one that popped in my head was crab rave <laughs> that fits stephanie perfectly for anybody <laughs> i'm like i just walk into every room doing the crab rave <laughs> i have absolutely no i think alex boshears uh asked this on one of the bosch point episodes that we did where he asked these kind of questions and i have absolutely no idea what i would want my song because i could pick a song that i like but then it would just get super annoying i feel like toward the end uh i mean it would get annoying by the end of the day um that said i i guess i'll just go with the one that's on the uh the website is my walkout song which is just 
cult of personality. I guess I'd just take that riff at the beginning every time I walked into a room and be fine with it. Um, all right, so let's do the let's do some of the would you rather's. Uh, the first one is: Would you rather be stuck in a phone box or a phone booth, which nobody knows what they are anymore, but a phone booth with ten snakes or ten tarantulas? Neither bother me, so I would say I'd probably say tarantulas. I would do snakes. There's no shot. I could even get into a room with a tarantula. <laughs> I'm exactly the opposite. I am uh, probably shouldn't admit this over the airways, but I'm deathly afraid of snakes. I hate them. Um, now we do have those little snakes, the rubber snakes in the office that are just hanging around somewhere. I think Tony <laughs> might have it. Tony's got one right there. I, uh, I can't stand snakes. So I'm easily just stepping on all the tarantulas and killing them. Then I don't have to deal with the snakes uh, in the phone booth because uh, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'd burn the phone booth down if there were snakes inside there. Uh, all right. Would you rather live in a world where it constantly snows or constantly rains? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> constantly. Constantly rains. Constantly snows. is I'd be miserable. See, I would do snows, constantly snow, because I hate rain, because it's just wet, and there's puddles. At least snow's pretty to look at, and it's kind of magical sometimes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with rain, too, but under the caveat that if there was a caveat that the roads were fine and you could just drive in it and have no problem, I would probably say snow. Um, People drive just as bad in the rain, though. That is true, though. That is true. <laughs> just the idea of shoveling constant snow Ugh. to me. Yeah, brutal, brutal. But I hate <laughs> rain too, so there's there is that. Um, but it doesn't rain in Washington. No, so we have the the, the eighth wonder of the world, <laughs> the hill from the Wheeling area. Yeah. Would you rather be someone who compulsively laughs during sad moments or cries whenever someone makes a joke? So that's that's pretty much saying. Would I rather be Stephanie or Sean? <laughs> <laughs> Say we would rather uh, cry when some. I mean, cry when you someone tells a joke. Yeah, I already live that. I compulsively laugh in every situation, <laughs> so I, I'm fit to laugh one because I'm fine with it. I laugh yeah, I, in I, I'm definitely all the picking the crying. The crying is is no question for me because you're just gonna have an incredibly sad moment and just start laughing. And that's I, I just find that to be, to be kind of hilarious, to be honest. Um, but at the same time, it would be pretty brutal. You just did a funeral and you just can't stop laughing or whatever the, the sad situation is. Not going to lie. I've been there. <laughs> Everybody's uncomfortable and I just started giggling. <laughs> hey, I've, I've got two more uh, for now. And then again, we'll probably do this at some other point, too. And we'll ask Nick some of these later. Uh, would you rather give up showering for a month? Or give up the internet for a month? Internet for a month, no doubt. Give up showering for a month or internet? Or the internet for a month. I think internet. I don't know. That's <sighs> hard, though. <laughs> I think there's no way that any of us would live with it. There's no way. Tony saying sh internet is crazy. <laughs> no. this, this guy sits in this office and refreshes Twitter 18 times in one second. 
<laughs> and you're telling me you could live without the internet for a month over living without showering for a month. No, yes, no, no shot. Now, if you told me no TV for a month or no shower, different story. I'd probably go crazy without TV on a regular basis. Internet, I could do without. I could easily unplug and be away from it. But I'd probably give up. If you told me TV or shower, I would say get rid of the shower. I'll, I need my TV. I think it's easily the showering for me. And I, I feel like I, it I is know showering. I couldn't get through a month <laughs> thinking about it. Like I, I know like I would feel gross on day two, but like there's no way I can get get through a month without internet. I, I could. Would, you couldn't. I would like to think I could, but I don't think I could realistically. <laughs> okay. Last one, and then we will uh, talk to Nick Ward here on Into the Wild. Uh, would you rather have to battle one bear-sized duck or ten duck-sized bears? You. You're going to be better suited for the bear-sized duck. Now, some of you, some people are afraid of birds, probably or won't take that on. But ten bear-sized or ten duck-sized bears, their strength is going to over, easily overpower you. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that should be an easy. That should be. Easiest answer of all, but like ducks are so tiny, so there's only like their size duck can fly. Oh, okay. What I think a duck sized bear is like yay big, yeah, Yeah. they're like little, little, and they they got claws and they got teeth. What does the duck have? Like the the foot of a duck, even as a bear side, is not going to stomp on you. You all you got 10 cats, think of it like that. Yeah, strong cats. Strong cats. Strong. <laughs> I think the ten duck-sized bears. Yeah, I think I'm. Just make friends with the them all, and then they'll all love you. <laughs> make friends with that's that's another typical Stephanie answer right there. Make friends with the duck-sized bears. Yeah, you don't have to battle them. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. I, I'm leaning to the side of 10 duck-sized bears, but I also can hear the argument of just having to deal with one thing over 10. One thing. Like, that could just be complicated. Like you said, the wings. Yeah, I think, I think it flying could be a problem. And then it's yeah. just going to peck at you. Imagine yeah. if you hook down that, that bear-sized duck and you could... <laughs> You'd be eating. You'd be eating some some top end hen wings for about. Oh boy. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy, good point. You can move those hens to some cages, and you can. <laughs> that doesn't entice me. So. <laughs> no. Yeah, Stephanie's not a big. Oh, I forgot one. Uh, biggest pet peeve. Oh. Uh, That's the one Tony knew. <laughs> that is the one I knew, and I didn't even prepare. <laughs> I. There's a lot. I'm gonna go slow. I'm gonna there's I'm gonna go the easiest one that's universal. Slow drivers. I for you guys have all ridden in a car with me. When people drive slow in front of me, I'm a big cruise control guy. So I set it and I just go. And when people stand in front of me and they're going slower than slower than the speed limit or the speed limit when I'm going like ten mile an hour is over, uh, I I have very little patience. I just want. To- <laughs> Mine is loud eating. It's gross, and I hate the sound of it. <laughs> I don't really know that it's a pet peeve. 
but we talk about this all the time in the office. People who heat up or don't heat up certain foods, it just appalls me. Like eating cold pizza is gross. Eating cold chicken wings is gross. Heating up up lettuce is gross. Stop. I'm going to be sick. (laughs) (laughs) These these are all things we talk about that stuff all the time in here when someone either doesn't heat up or heats something up. I don't know. So I don't know if it's. Those are all things that have happened, by the way. Oh, yeah. 100%. (laughs) 100%. Travis, I mentioned Travis earlier. He does cold wings and cold pizza, and I find that appalling. Um, I do cold pot. I do so much cold. You guys would probably hate. I don't do heat up lettuce, but like cold, <laughs> it, it, cold any cold meat, it's 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 completely fine with me. Microwave. I'm not a big microwave guy, so um, if I, I'd rather eat it cold than throw something in a microwave, and and the texture and the sogginess of it afterwards is not the same. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, We're going to do that a little bit uh, more often here on the podcast. But for now, we will take another quick break. And when we return, we've got former Wild Thing, Atlanta Braves farmhand, uh, Great Britain star in the World Baseball Classic, all kinds of things, including uh, Team Adelaide, the Adelaide Giants over in the ABL, uh, ABL champion back to back. Nick Ward is next on Into the Wild. Are you planning a group outing with your friends, co-workers, or family members? A Wild Things game is an affordable and entertaining way to knock your next outing out of the park. Group rates for 10 or more tickets start at just $10 per ticket, with group accommodations of 10 to 3,200 people. Call our front office for more information at 866-456-WILD, or go to WashingtonWildThings.com for more information. Back on Into the Wild, and as promised, I don't know that this man, at least for the recent Wild Things fan, needs much of an introduction. Uh, former Wild Thing, turned now Atlanta Brave, farmhand with the LA Giants, which we'll talk about. Uh, Great Britain in the World Baseball Classic, I'm sure we'll hit on. Nick Ward is our guest on episode two of Into the Wild, the official podcast of the Washington Wild Things. Nick, uh, appreciate you jumping on. Um, has to be exciting for us. I imagine it's exciting for you to be able to talk to the Wild Things faithful again. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I spent a, what was it, two plus years with that little modified summer over COVID. So um, nothing but good things. I uh, Nothing but good memories I have from Washington. So it's, it's nice to see the Washington Wild Things logo again and see some familiar faces. We will uh, we'll get into Nick's time in Washington. I want to I want to go really really broad uh, with you to start, Nick. Uh, kind of talk a little bit about how you fell in love with the game and uh, the early formative years of, of Nick Ward over in the east side of the state. Yeah. So um, my dad was the biggest reason that I fell in love with baseball. Um, so up until probably two years ago, maybe less than that, um, my dad had played baseball, and my dad. It will be 64 in June. So um, I grew up going to his games and I was the bat boy running around the dugout when I was little, sliding all over the place, giving uh, mom and dad some dirty white baseball pants with elastic around the waist <laughs> to, 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 to wash after, after dad's game. And um, I just wanted to be like my dad, um, getting to play baseball at nighttime and just play with my buddies. And then, uh, yeah, then 20, what, eight years later, here we are. You had a, a successful high school career. I, I don't need to think we need to touch too much into that, but you, you spent some time at VCU. 
Um, obviously, the the real good success in college came at, at Westchester. Uh, yeah. A little bit about that run uh, at college and went on a national title. Yeah. So I initially went to VCU out of high school. Um, I was like most kids. I had the dream of playing Division One baseball, and I got the opportunity to do that. And um, I learned a ton when I was there. I got to learn from a guy who ended up playing in the major leagues, uh, Vmyl Machine. So I, I learned a ton from him. Uh, just getting to watch him play every day. Like you said, I didn't I didn't play a whole lot, but the team um, ended up going to a super regional. So I uh, that was a that was a pretty cool experience, even though I didn't really get to see too much time on the field. And then made a decision to transfer to Westchester, kind of right where I was, right where I grew up. And um, it was it was great. We had a really great group of guys, and um, we were we were lucky enough to be to win quite a few games when I was there, and um, got a we won a national championship in 2017. So, um, I, I, yeah, I think without that first year when I was at VCU kind of sitting on the bench and learning a lot, I don't think a lot of the success that I had personally, um, comes to fruition and actually happens. So that first year was pretty big. Yeah. Every kid, uh, growing up and you'd be no different in this case that they grow up playing professional baseball. Mm-hmm. You obviously had that dream realized. You got drafted in the 34th round. What do you remember about uh, draft day in, in 2018 and then off into the, the Oakland organization? I remember it being really, really, really stressful. Um, and that was pretty self-inflicted, I would say. Um, so I actually had an internship with NASDAQ that summer because I didn't know if I was going to be drafted or not. And um, the first day of the draft was a Monday. And uh, I was actually in Times Square at my internship orientation on the first day of the draft. And then had I requested the next two days off just in case I were to be picked and I wanted to be around my family and be at home when that would happen. So luckily, my bosses gave me uh, gave me those two days off and were pretty nice about it. And then uh, probably about 530 on Wednesday, I think it was June 6th. In 2018, I uh, I finally got a call in the 34th round, and uh, all all of my stress and anxiety was um, replaced by mom screaming and crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that that was that was pretty cool. And then, um, yeah, it, it, that was uh, that that was an awesome moment for sure. That was a, a dream that I'm sure every little kid has is to hear their name called on draft day and. I was lucky enough to to have that come true. Uh, talk a little bit about your time in, in the Oakland organization. Obviously, that leads up right to Washington, uh, but a couple seasons in, in the athletics organization, which maybe wasn't, and we've talked about this, you and I, before, maybe wasn't the greatest of a couple of seasons, but uh, obviously you've turned it around since. But that, that beginning had to be a little bit of a learning curve too. Without a doubt. I think um, like like kind of similar to my freshman year of college where – if I didn't have those first, like the first, I guess, year and a half with Oakland, that first like short season and then the full the full season in 2019, I don't think any of the success that I've had later on happens. I learned a lot about myself, how to handle being a professional and balancing off the field issues and um, while still trying to play every single day. So um, I learned a lot of lessons the hard way but that's not necessarily a bad thing in the long term. So, um, yeah, I might not have had the success that I envisioned having right right when I got into pro ball, but 
um, that's that's sometimes okay. So I think without with and I'll always be grateful to the athletics organization for giving me that first opportunity to be a professional and hearing my name called on draft day and all those things. So that'll I'll always have a little, a little soft spot for them for for that. So. Yeah. That'll that'll lead us right in here. So you came you mentioned the COVID pod earlier. Um got to play for the Steel City Slam and Sammies. That was an interesting group. Um an, an interesting summer. Uh talk a little bit about that summer. I mean, that's obviously super weird. Lockdown. You guys are sharing a couple apartments over in town. Yeah. Uh, and a little bit of baseball and, and then really nothing after that. It was a, a weird summer. Well, it was weird for everybody, not just baseball mm-hmm. players, right? Like we were supposed to be on lockdown and like we're, we have no idea. Like I had, I had signed with the wild things a few days after I had gotten released and weird. Tony was basically just like, Hey, like wait for a call. Cause we could be two weeks away from starting our season at any moment. Um, so I was just patiently waiting, waiting, waiting. And then, like you and Tony had reached out and said, Hey, we're going to do this little pod league because the frontier league season has been officially canceled. And I was like, sure, I'm not doing anything else. So let's, let's go play some baseball. Right. Like nobody is really playing all over the country. And then if I get to still play some baseball for however long, let's do it. So get out there. And I was expecting to be a wild thing. And they, someone tells me that I'm on a team called the Steel City Slam and Sammies. And I was like, I mean, I knew Pittsburgh had some good sandwiches, but to put it on a uniform, I was like, all right, but that, that was fine. And the group of guys that we had, we were wild things and the Slam and Sammies. We were, that was an interesting group of characters to say the very least, but it was so much fun. And like that, that initial experience was like, wow. This is this is pretty cool, especially the returning guys that were on the Wild Things, where they they talked up how cool it was to play for the Wild Things and just be in and around Washington. So, I was really excited for that next year when hopefully COVID was not going to be a huge thing anymore. And and it wasn't. Um, obviously, you came in, you had a good successful first season, quote unquote, is is a Wild Thing. Yeah. Uh, in the frontier, like you started the year hurt, uh, came back, and and obviously. Uh, maybe 2021 wasn't as good as 2022, which we'll get to. But, um, that that first season, uh, real good for you. You also, and I, I want people to know, you know, Nick, we talk about him all the time as being an ambassador of the Wild Things. You won the Citizenship Award in 2021. Um, a little bit about that. Uh, discuss that and kind of what uh, your whole mentality, I guess, in Washington was. Because so, some people come and uh, we talked about this with Teak. Nick in, in Nick knows some people come here and it's it's the affiliated ball guy coming into independent ball and they don't really get it. Um, other guys like Nick or, or whoever have immersed themselves in in the communities and, and been a part of the fan base, gotten to know people and and cared about uh, what we do at independent baseball level and the minor league level. So that 2021 season I think was pretty rewarding in a couple of different ways. Without a doubt, I think. Um... You know, I was lucky enough when I was at Westchester, we had a pretty tight knit group like of um, of not just players, but the families that supported us and the fans that came around and um, the, the supporting communities around. So that that I got a little bit of a taste of what it was like to not only be a, like a player for your school, but to represent something that's bigger than yourself. 
and um, leaving something better than you found it. And when I went to Affiliated Ball, that wasn't necessarily the case, right? Because um, it's it's more like individualized and you're like, sometimes you get to interact with the surrounding communities and, um, but, it, but it, the opportunities don't present themselves as often. And you might be able to get to interact with fans every now and then, but your, your job, you're, you're pretty hyper-focused on your job when you're in affiliated ball and that's kind of what they're after. So in, in some cases, I should say. And um, when I got to Washington, I had this, this feeling that in and around the organization, it was, it was, it felt like a family and like you guys had opened your arms to me like immediately. And so all I wanted to do was just be a part of that. And especially when I, when I had talked to Tom about the, the only thing that really mattered to us was winning the game. And that was a big part of it too, where it was like, I just wanted to win and do my part to help the organization be successful. But part of that is making the fans feel welcome at the ballpark as well. And even like at a road stadium, chatting to somebody in the on deck circle is something that is so easy to do that, and not a lot of people have the, have the ability to kind of like step out of, I guess they're hyper focus and just like kind of make them make those people feel like they're part of the action in a good way, I should say. And um, that's something that I love to do is like all the people that are around the on deck circle, they're, they're talking to you anyway. You might, you might as well just turn around and, and say something nice to them, even if they're not saying anything nice to you. So um, that's, I, I like interacting with the fans and, um, at least to some degree and kind of furthering that family feel that I felt when I first showed up. Yeah. I mean, I think I've said this to Nick's face before, so I don't have any qualms about saying it uh, on this platform. Um, you know, we got emails 2021 and not just about Nick, there were other players on the team. That group was a pretty special group uh, going into 2022 too. We got emails when we were on the road and, and fans just email the info at, at Washington wild things and say, Hey, your your players, autograph the ball and, and send it through at the on deck circle and my kid best time of his life. And he's a wild things fan now because of the interaction with Nick or the interaction with whoever. And that's, I always talk about Nick's talking about exactly that, that, that is it in, in independent baseball. That is the kind of moment that you kind of live for baseball aside. Obviously we all want to win. Um, but the, those kind of moments are really what makes this a lot different than, than minor league baseball. Without a doubt, I think especially in a lot of these towns and communities that like this is this is their sports team, right? And like Washington has Pittsburgh just a few miles up the road. But a lot of these like you, you think about like a town like Evansville, Indiana, right? They, they don't have too much surrounding that town besides the Otters, right? Or And you can think of a bunch of different other teams where these Indie ball teams are essentially the main source of professional sports for these for these fans. And while it's not the experience of a major league baseball game or an NFL football game where you're amongst 40,000 people, you might be amongst 2,000. 
So it feels like that small knit community. And sometimes the fans are right on top of you. You can hear everyone's, you can hear everyone breathing, sneezing, whatever. So yeah, it, it, it does feel like that family feel. And, um, you know, like I said, like you always want to leave something better than you found it. And like growing the game is part of that. And if you, if, if I was able to make someone's day by just like saying hi or like shaking someone's hand or signing a baseball and throwing it to them or telling them I liked, like their hat or something, something that's so small. It's like, wow, like he, he's out there doing that, but he noticed me. He took the time to say hi. And like, like people are not going to really remember too much about what I did on the field probably, but they're going to remember how I made him feel. So that that's that's something that like I, I I truly believe in, and that I I don't I don't really care if I make it to the big leagues or not. I mean I do, but at the end <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, like I really just care about trying to be the best person I can be every day and making people feel the way that I I would like to feel. You say, and I'm going to let Stephanie jump in here in a second, but you say you don't really uh, didn't really mind what happened on the field, but on the field it was it was pretty damn good here in Washington, <laughs> right? There's an there's an 80 point batting average jump. There's there's all the home runs, including first pitch of the year in 2022 and a 20th anniversary home opener. Uh, drove in 60 that year. I mean, that's if not for an injury late in the season, I think we're talking about uh, a lot better of a year, maybe an MVP candidate year, and you won a postseason all-star award that year and um, quite the insane uh, 2022 and, and even 21 too uh, for the team and for you. Yeah. Uh, well, at the end of 2021, I also had a pretty big injury as well um, that when I came back, I, I think Tom had – told me in spring training of 2022 that I went like three for 50 or something like, like horrendous at the end of the year after I came back. And so going into 2022, especially coming up one game short in the finals to Schaumburg, I was, I really wanted to like redeem myself for the way that I finished personally. Plus, like I was thinking like, I didn't really know how much longer I wanted to to play professional baseball. So I was just like, all right, whatever happens, happens. Let's just leave it all out there on the field. Just play your heart out every day. Give your team everything you got. Try and like do your best to be one ninth of the equation and win and just help the team win the game. And uh, 2022, I think I did a pretty good job of, of that every single day. Uh, num- numbers aside, I think I think I I think I contributed quite a bit. I would say so. Stephanie? (laughs) Um, Going back to kind of like making it memorable for the fans, did you have an experience that kind of helped you grow into that belief, like with a baseball player interacting with you when you were younger, besides your dad? Or do you have like a certain memory that kind of created that belief for you, that moment where you just kind of hand them the baseball when that that makes their day and they remember that for their life? (laughs) Um, I never had a moment like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never the confrontational kid, like pushing to get to the, to, to the, to the railing to get my favorite player's autograph as much as I wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never like that kid or like waving down somebody to throw me a ball. I, I don't think I was ever, ever like that. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I had like one experience, mm-hmm. um, 
but I would see like I think the first time I was playing affiliated ball, not in um, not like in rookie ball at the spring training complex where they actually had fans. Um, I think the first time I ever like signed an autograph for, for somebody or I was giving lessons in the offseason, they say, oh, you're you're this person. Like you just got drafted. I was like, yeah. Uh, like I didn't see myself as a super. I just kind of saw myself as a normal guy with a cool job. But I signed a baseball for like a young kid and gave it to him, and it like made his day. And he like went ran sprinting back into his mom's arms, and like uh, like gave her a big hug, and he was so happy. And I was like, wow, like this this feels good. This feels really good on my end, selfishly, to make to give that little boy or girl like so much joy. I was like, wow, like that. I and I just like chased that feeling selfishly for me, but <laughs> that it it it's like there's no there's no unselfish good deed, right? So I like that that feels really good for me to make that yeah. that child or person, young person, or just person in general feel that way because they value my signature when it feels like my signature is not worth anything. But if I can make them feel that way, that's pretty cool for me. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite moment at the wild things like that, where you felt like you really were a part of the community after being here for a couple of seasons? Or did you have that moment that you were like, I am in this community and that I'm a part of it? I think when, um, if there was one moment, it was probably the game that I came back after getting hit in the hand in 2022 and I was leading off the game and um, it felt like I had gotten like a little bit of like an ovation because like all the fans that normally sit down the right field line, like the Salisbury's, the Anderson's, everybody were just like, they stood up and just started like cheering my name. And it felt like, wow, this is, this is cool. And then that same game, I got my hundredth hit of the year and like, and I and Kyle came over the loudspeaker and said like that's Nick Ward's hundredth hit of the year like it was it was really cool, and like I got like I got like a warm fuzzy feel. And I was like wow this is this is cool. But obviously that was at the end of my two seasons officially as a Wild Thing. So there was a lot of other moments that made me feel like that. Probably little ones like walking down to the dugout and seeing the the regulars that are in their 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 normal seats and chatting with them every day and um i didn't need the big moment like that to feel like a part of a huge family but i think that moment was like the culmination of it all yeah i actually remember that when you said it it kind of like made me remember that moment when you came back and everybody started just cheering for you and everybody kind of welcomed you back after being hurt No, it was that. That was a cool moment especially since they were bugging me wondering wondering when i was going to be yes I was like, just please stop asking me that. <laughs> if I knew, I would. If I knew, I would tell you, but I have no idea. <laughs> yes, and people still ask about you to this day because I'm out in the community and stuff, mm-hmm. so they still keep asking, and you're still a part of it, <laughs> even though you've been gone for a little bit. Well, I um, I've been, I uh, I talked up Washington quite a bit to one of your newest signees, who I was uh, a teammate with in Australia. So, and he's he's pretty excited to get there and. Uh, and play so I'm uh, I'm excited for him too
let's uh let's jump up to you got picked up actually we announced your extension like a week before the Phillies <laughs> yeah. calling yeah. um and, and then the Phillies come calling and, and that's obviously got to be a really super cool moment for you that's your hometown team uh to be able to go in and to play that organ in that organization after a, a winter in Australia which I want to get to as well but um playing for them had to be a dream come true without without a doubt um you know I grew up a like a huge, huge, huge Phillies fan. Like my dad and I, over the summers, even on school nights when I was little, we would sit like shoulder to shoulder and watch every single Phillies game. And we would we would watch it until the last pitch. And I was like, I, I even when the Phillies were awful <laughs> for 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 quite a while during my early early childhood when I was just figuring out what baseball was. The Phillies didn't make the playoffs till 2006, 2006, I think so. In between like 1993 and 2006, they didn't make the playoffs. So all I knew was Phillies baseball and Phillies like not being very good. And then like obviously when I really, really knew what baseball was and started to play competitively, that's when the Phillies were like in the World Series and like and went to back to back World Series and won one of them and and I fantasized about being a Philly and then to actually hear that, like have that call come in and be like, Hey, the Phillies are going to buy your contract. And I was like, you're like, you're kidding. Like I, I said a few, not, not so family friendly words <laughs> in, in, in excitement. Right. So I'm, I'm so excited. I'm jumping around and I, it's like eight thirty in the morning. And when I'm in Australia, and my agent calls me and tells me that. And like, I immediately FaceTime my dad and he's already wearing a Philly sweatshirt. <laughs> I was like, well, this is, this is kind of, this is kind of crazy. And um, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be a Philly. And like, holy cow. And then, uh, and literally just like a week and a half, two weeks before you guys had posted that I was coming back for the 2023 season. And I was like, all right, got a contract. We're good to go. And then boom. I'm not going to be there anymore. So it was, uh, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was a whirlwind of emotions. That's for sure. Let's, let's talk about Australia. And I want to talk about both baseball and Australia in general. Um, those guys in, in Adelaide have uh, really taken, I think just from what I follow and I, I'm not psychotic and psychotic is not the right word, but three or four in the morning, just isn't my time. I can't do it. Um, but they, unless you're, unless you're still up. This is true. This is true. Uh, but th they seem to have taken a, a big liking to you and obviously the success of last year and then going into this year and having another championship uh, season. Talking just a little bit about, um, you know, what Adelaide is, has meant to your career and, and those couple of seasons out there, which is seems like a crazy atmosphere in Adelaide. It is. It's it's so it's so much fun. It's so much fun. So like what you guys try and do at, in Washington and promoting that like that family friendly culture and that, that inexpensive way to come enjoy a professional sporting event and get out of the house and like stuff the kids face with cotton candy and ice cream and let them run around for a little bit. And so, and then the parents enjoy a baseball game um, like that. That's exactly what it's like in Australia too. So especially in Adelaide in Adelaide, like Australia, Australia as a whole, the baseball scene is growing. It's not, it's not nearly as large as, as it is in the U.S., of course. So 
having places like that where it truly does feel like a family affair and all of the employees at the at at the stadium at least in Adelaide are all volunteers so they they truly truly want to be there and you see the same faces every single game and um, it's like this is one of the times that I don't mind that we have to walk through the crowd to get from our our clubhouse to the dugout because we actually get to interact with them quite a bit. And after the games, the, the fans and the, all the little kids are allowed to come on the, on the field and we sign autographs for them. And you can almost hear, every, you can almost make out every single person's voice who's cheering for you while you're playing. And especially when it comes playoff time, um, the, the, the fans in Adelaide, they show out and we, we got, we got some really, really good crowds. So it's, it's, a lot of fun to to play there and have that continuity with the with the community as well to go with it. What's the uh, what's the food like in Australia? Better than here? <laughs> or your favorite <laughs> bit out there? I'm just trying to get a little bit of the scoop from out there. So it's definitely better for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I come. I as soon as I come back, each time that I've come back, I have had. Um, some some stomach issues from going from relatively healthy food or a higher standard of food and then coming back here and having whatever whatever's in our food i have no idea <laughs> so um the the food in australia is very good and I, I like i lived this year i lived right across the street from chinatown in the city so i, I spent quite a bit of money over in chinatown <laughs> on some on some pretty good food but it was well worth it so um but i mean Australian food is kind of similar to to ours. You didn't get in any fights with any kangaroos over there, did you? No, I saw, saw quite a few, but no one stole my dog, so I didn't have to beat them up. <laughs> what about the bugs? Are the bug as, bugs as bad as they say over there? Uh, kind of, yeah. Um, there's there always seems to be a fly like right in your face, and it's even when it's windy or raining, they're always right in your face. So it's, you just kind of have to accept it. They're just going to be there. <laughs> Tough to do. But that, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I've seen some uh, pretty pretty big spiders and venomous snakes and saw that's spider. I've heard so. <laughs> yeah, that would be about all I needed to see one venomous snake, and I'm out of there. But um, yeah, the sna- it wasn't yeah. very long either. But one bite, that'll get you. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I, I want to jump real quickly, and I want to ask you about Riley too. You mentioned him already, um, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, World Baseball Classic. How how epic was that? Is is a guy growing up playing and, and dreaming of playing baseball and that on that stage? Uh, that was. It, it's really hard to put that one into words. You know, baseball is always something that I've done for me because I loved it. I loved playing it. I, I like you'd have to rip me off the field pretty much, but I actually got to represent my family and do something like I said that I love doing is like representing something that's bigger than me. And I got to like pay homage to like the people who got me to this position. Like I wouldn't exist if my grandparents didn't pick up and move the family from England and move them to New York and then eventually to Pennsylvania. So getting to represent my mom's side of the family and play baseball with great Britain across my chest, um, even though I was raised right in Philly, the ironies everywhere. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it, it was so unbelievable. And then 
than to like play against like the USA and like a perennial all-star team and in front of 45,000 people to go with it and on national television, you know, that, that is, uh, that, that was the, the, one of the coolest moments that I will remember forever next to hopefully my major league debut. That one was really, really cool. What's the, uh, what's the word with the Braves? So it, in what sense? <laughs> I guess you're signed with Atlanta now. So I don't yeah. know if you're in big league camp or um, what, what the entire situation is there right now. So I'm in minor league mini camp right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually my, I got here on, what was it? February 16th. And the second day of workouts, I ended up getting hurt. So I've been rehabbing that injury for the last week and some change. So luckily minor league camp doesn't start until, um, I guess March 2nd or 3rd, excuse me. So, um, I have a little, I'm, I'm not like wasting time or I'm not behind the eight ball in any stretch of the imagination. It's just, uh, if it's kind of one of those crappy things that happened, but if it was going to happen at all, I'd rather it happen when it did. So, um, I, st- we still get to be around all the big league guys and get like, I've met Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr. And like all, all the big name guys and, um, and everyone's been great so far. It's, it's been, it's been, even though I have been, you know, laying on a training table for most of post, most of my time here. Um, it's, it's been, it's been really, really cool. So. Uh, talk about Briley Knight. What, what can fans here expect from him in, in his first year? It seems like we're getting another good guy, uh, which is, which that's, is the most. That, that's the, that's probably the best thing that I could say about him. You know, and he is an unbelievable baseball player to go with it. But that he comes from a baseball family. His dad has been a baseball coach for a really long time. He knows how to play the game. He plays the game the right way. He plays it hard. He's, you know, people, um, people, people gave him a nickname that I'm uh, hoping doesn't um, stick with him. They, they they called him Thick Ward okay. because he looks like me, <laughs> but he's shorter and, like, stockier. I heard and there was called, another one, too. I heard, yeah. like, Knight Rider or something from Quincy Lattimore is another former wild thing. Yeah. Um, that, that one didn't stick quite as much okay. as Thick Ward. <laughs> and th- th- they called me Skinny Briley to go with it. <laughs> um, but Maybe we'll push Briley, for the better one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or we'll try to help him out, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, without without the Adelaide boys on the team, I think that uh, that nickname probably won't resurface until Australia again. But he is he plays the game the right way. He he plays the game really hard, and um, but he is an unbelievable human being. He's one of the nicest people I've met in baseball. And he's one of those guys that will go out of his way to, to make people feel involved. And there, there, he did something similar to what I did in, uh, when we were playing in um, New York against the Boulders, where I 
said hi to a to a special needs guy and just like made him feel happy that he was there and he did the same exact thing when we were when we were playing in Brisbane this year he sought out some kid who had some special ability and um, just made him feel like he was part of it and that that's that is something that like I admire in him so much that he's he's just an unbelievable human the way he treats people is so great he always has a smile on his face and he he makes you happy to be around him so um, you got you guys are getting one of the good ones I'll say so, that so just don't let Andrew check know that thick ward should not stick <laughs> well well check's gonna do what check's gonna do so <laughs> you can uh, don't don't give check any narrative because he's not going to follow it no matter what you want him to do. This, so. is, this is a fair point. Um, anything, Nick, just to to round out anything you want to add to to just say like, give you the platform to talk to the people of Washington. Yeah, I think um, the only thing that I can really say that I didn't really have a chance to say um, to the people of Washington is thank you, thank you to you, Kyle, and you, Stephanie, for all you guys did for for us as players, but. Um, you know, my two plus years, I'll call it in Washington, like they, without them, like I would not have fallen in love with baseball again. And, um, like I, I, I found myself plus found myself as a baseball player again. And without my two and a half, two plus years in Washington and all the fans making me feel welcome and a big part of the community and getting to play every single day and, Big thank you to Tom for trusting me every single day with that. Um, and thank you to Tony and Stu and all and Franny and everyone that's involved in the Wild Things organization. And I can't forget Travis behind the scenes. Um, he'll make a stink if I don't say his name. No, he won't. No, he won't. But, um, but to, to, to everyone involved with the Wild Things, it was really an honor to wear that uniform and be a part of your community. So thank you very much for allowing me to do that. That's Nick Ward on Into the Wild, the official podcast of the Washington Wild Things. Once you make your big league debut, we'll have you on again. Well, okay. That that's uh, that sounds good. <laughs> All righty. We'll, we'll be back uh, with Tony Busilli. We've got some news and notes for you in the, in the next segment of the podcast. For now, we thank Nick Ward, and we say stay tuned. Become a bigger member of the Wild Things by joining our season ticket member family. With plans starting at $150, you can take your fandom to the next level. 13-game, 25-game, and full-season plans are available, giving you the right to pick your games, reserve your seats, and be here for the biggest nights of the 2024 season. Call our front office at 866-456-WILD or head to WashingtonWildThings.com for more information. Another big thanks to Nick Ward for joining us on Into the Wild here, the official podcast of the Washington Wild Things. Kyle Dawson rejoined by Tony Busilli, uh, President and General Manager. I wanted to do a couple quick news and notes type thing, not on the, the super serious side, but uh, things are starting to happen here in advance of the 2024 season. So we wanted to, to make a couple of notes. First off, um, Tony and I talk all the time during the season. Obviously, we're the, the resident baseball guys. Um Nine former Wild Things right now are in affiliated baseball. Uh, James Meeker with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Nick Warder, you just heard from with the Atlanta Braves organization. Spencer Bivens uh, with San Francisco. Jake Polarski for the Los Angeles Dodgers. John Murphy uh, for the Cincinnati Reds. 
Turner Hill, uh, who was the most recent one that was signed out of the wild things uh, with San Francisco as well. Isaac Matson in the Pirates organization, Ryan Hennon in the Baltimore organization, and Austin Kitchen, a local product in the uh, Colorado organization. There have been a couple that have been there in the past couple of years, um, namely Sean Keeley, who was with the Cardinals organization, and Joe Campagna with uh, Colorado as well. Um, obviously, those are uh, big guys that we like to follow. A couple of those guys, Tony, have, have appeared in big league spring training games in, in the last several days. And uh, those are all pitchers right now. Uh, James Meeker's appeared twice. Spencer Bivens has appeared twice. Isaac Matson uh, pitched for the Pirates against Baltimore the other day. Um, those kinds of things are, are super fun for us to follow and I think super fun for uh, our fans and, and friends of the organization to follow. Yeah, I mean, I always mention the biggest thing up front is um, I look back at what we did in 2020 and, and holding a, a four-team little pod here. Um, and just what that platform, even though we were unable to really play up to traditional standards of Frontier League or Wild Things Baseball traveling in and out, we brought, I mean, you probably outlined six six of those nine guys or so, or maybe five of them, were guys who were here in 2020 during COVID that were playing and that were looking for a job, and we were able to uh, allow them to make some money and also give them a platform to keep playing or, or to start their professional career. So it's really cool to kind of make that connection immediately back of those guys, uh, of what 2020 was, how special it was to kind of give them a nice launching pad. And then for, um, I mean, his bigger picture looking at it, it's certainly really rewarding for all those guys coming from a, a whole different scope of background of where they mm -hmm. came from. You have guys from small schools. You got guys like Isaac Matson who came here from, from the big leagues back here to go right back up. Um, it's, it's very rewarding to know what we do and the relationships that we build and the relationships our players build with our fans that these guys have the ability, um, to get right back in the system. And it shows kind of the fine line between professional athletes, uh, in general, once you go professional, everyone has the skill set. It's all about consistency. Um, these guys have the ability to be major league baseball players. That's why they are playing professional baseball. It's just them being able to refine their consistency on a day-to-day -day basis, be able to throw at a velocity at a day-to-day -day basis, or uh, just put consistent at-bats uh, uh, series in, series out. So uh, that's kind of the exciting thing about minor league baseball. And what we do is um, it's kind of a snap away from these guys. If, if, if a light switch comes on and they're able to kind of hone in all their skills, um, they could be knocking on the door of a 40-man roster relatively quickly. Yeah, and speaking of uh, a snap away, a couple of those guys in AAA last year, James Meeker finished the season in AAA. Spencer Bivens appeared in a couple games in AAA. I don't know that we'd count. It's been it's been a while, uh, I think five or six years now, since Zach Grotz was uh, the last wild thing to, to make the major leagues. Um, I don't know that we'd count Isaac Matson just because he's already been to the big leagues, but a guy that came here and would, would return if the pirates would need him uh, at any point, but a couple of guys that are really a, a snap of the finger from making some history here, which is, which is really cool to see. Yeah. It's um, I mean, largely you can see a lot of them are pitchers beside Turner and Nick. And, uh, and so it's, it's very, it shows the demand. It shows the need. It shows, I mean, these guys, pitchers especially develop at their own, at their own rate. Um, so just cause you're 23, 24 and you're not in the big leagues yet it is now is no longer kind of a kiss of death. You have guys 26, 27, 28 that find themselves 
their arm develops, they mature a little bit more, um, and they become a little more consistent. I know conversations I had with Meeker's parents and the Brewers the same way um, was, hey, if we could find, if we could get this pitch a little more consistent, um, he he's going to be in line to make the big leagues, which would be a really cool. Uh, I have always hinted on his story and his path and how he became a wild thing and the time frame it took for him to get signed. I mean, those are the really cool stories that looking back at that, uh, the triumph, the overcoming, the prove it to yourself. Um, hopefully a handful of those guys make the big leagues here in the next two years or so. It'd be a nice addition to us. And uh, I, I, obviously a great story for them and their family that where they started and where they reached um, whenever, you, whenever you're able to do anything to help elevate somebody to reach their goal, um, hopefully um, – they look back at their time here and that we, we put them on the path to be successful. Let's uh, let's jump broad a little bit. Uh, there'll, there will be another episode of, of the podcast before the promotional schedule comes out, but that's penciled in right now for March 18th. Um, single game tickets will go on sale on April 2nd for the 2024 seasons. I don't know if I'm really breaking any news there, but it's probably the first time we've said something publicly about uh, either of those two things. So those are on the docket. Uh, we actually just recently announced the uh, return of the senior slugger program. I don't know that many uh, people in that program are, are tuned into this show, um, but that's a, a thing that's presented by AARP Pennsylvania and the thing that's coming back for its third year. And we've seen a ton of success with that program. It's become a huge program. Um, it went from a couple hundred, six, seven hundred. Now we're about over a thousand people uh, every Wednesday enjoying that game, specifically in that 50 plus demo. We do a ton of advertising to the 50 plus uh, age bracket to involve them, but certainly people following the podcast are involved with our social media. Grandparents, parents that are over the age of 50 that are looking for things to do, um, put this in front of them. It's it's there to be effective. It's there to be utilized. Um, it's a great opportunity to go out to a game with your grandpa or grandma or just your grandparents in general, or um, if you're if you're middle age and you have kids and you got parents in the fifties and sixties and Hey, it's nice. Hey, Hey, tell your mom and dad, Hey, take the, take the grandkids for a night, go out to a ball game. Uh, simple example to enjoy a, a date night to kind of uh, break things up. So definitely it's not um, what we're able to create here and the memories and, and the social experiences for that 50 plus demo, especially after COVID. Uh, getting them out to the ballpark, spending time together, making friends at the ballpark. Um, it, it's really rewarding to kind of see that. The, the comments and the feedback we get is um, people on fixed incomes like that at an old, older age bracket looking to save money, people who are uh, living off Social Security. For them to come out to a ballpark and still feel like they're social, still feel like they can enjoy America's pastime, it's a pretty cool thing to kind of see uh, – everybody get together it's a different vibe at the ballpark no doubt any before we close any things we want to sneak sneak or sneak peek wink wink nudge nudge for the promotional schedule or do we leave everybody in the dark and tell them tune in on march 18th i think we can some of the the key things that are normal just so everybody knows what to expect coming back i mean fireworks will be here every friday again uh, we, we do have a home game on the 4th of July, so we'll have 10 fireworks shows. Uh, I, I don't think it's breaking news that our giveaways will be every Saturday, but we're going to be returning those. Still finalizing how many bobbleheads that will be. Uh, so you can expect at least one to your collection to be added. 
Uh, all of our other clubs, you can expect to be back. Um, so Kids Eat Free, Senior Sluggers, we already announced. Our brew crew will be uh, announced here in the next couple of weeks. So be aware on those things. Take advantage of them. Uh, they're there to be utilized. Um, grant, like I said, friends, neighbors, uh, people you hang out with. You take, take advantage of what the ballpark's here for. Um, it might not always be here. Uh, it might not be here for 50, 60 years down the road. So make the memories of the ballpark with your loved ones, with your friends while you can. Uh, we're here to be, we're here to be fun. We're more than willing to anybody has ideas or promotions or fun stuff you want to kick around. Kyle's email, my email, we're, we're there to take advice and feedback and think outside the box promotionally. So uh, should be a lot of fun at the ballpark. Should be a full promo schedule again. We take pride in, in kind of having the most uh, engaged, the most interactive uh, sources of entertainment. So hopefully everybody can join us. The weather, knock on wood, will be great. And uh, look forward to kind of the new things we're going to unveil this, this year at the ballpark. There'll, there'll be some unique things that you'll have to be here to see it. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll tease it leading up, no doubt. That we will. Uh, that wraps another episode of Into the Wild. Be sure to leave a rating, review, and subscribe to the channels or follow them, whatever word they're using now on the podcast platforms. Smash the bell for new episode notifications, and we'll catch you next time with a couple of special guests on Into the Wild. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.